Cairo, Seattle. It's time to get schooled with a professor, John Clayton. Welcome to Schooled with the Professor. I'll tell you what, I've been doing the Saturday show for almost three decades. And one of the highlights came last Saturday because, uh, and we, you know, now we have the ability to tweet out things, which it didn't have for many, many years. And so I always tweet out, it's like, hey, give me, give me a call on the show, the John Clayton Show from 8 to 11 on uh, Saturdays. And Chad Reuter from NFL.com was gracious enough to call in and uh, talk some football, which was, I thought, fantastic. And so I wanted to kind of return the favor because I know he just did a four-round mock draft. We have plenty of things to talk about on what's been a busy week in the National Football League. Chad, that was just a thrill to hear from you on Saturday. Well, I'm glad. I mean, I I was uh, happy to do so. You know, I was uh, sitting around working on, of course, you know, you, you have one mock draft finished and you know, you got to start working on the next one right away that comes out, you know, after the free agency dwindles down here in a couple weeks. So, uh, you know, sitting there doing some work, and I figured I'd give you a call and talk some football. And, uh, you know, it's always a pleasure for me to talk to you. I've known you for, well, quite a long time now, yep. I guess. <laughs> um, and uh, and miss you, you know, I'm having no combine this year. I miss talking to everybody, so. Yeah, it was just so strange. But I tell you what, it's like, uh, what what a week. Uh, I'm just amazed what's going to be the bloodletting that we're going to see. We've already seen, I counted up uh, about 20 guys that were making 10 plus million dollars that have been released. And now we're starting to see the six and eight million dollar guys like Quentin Jefferson, the former Seahawk, was released by Buffalo. John Brown, nine million dollar wide receiver in Buffalo. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders released by the New Orleans Saints. Now they pretty much have told Kenny Vaccaro he's going to get cut. I mean, the Saints have already cut like five players and they could cut as many as nine. Yeah, I, I was working through that this morning a little bit just to see what New Orleans would have to do to get under the cap, and it's a lot of a lot of restructuring, a lot of releases. Uh, you know, it's it's that time of year uh, with the the new cap number coming out today of of one eighty two point five. You know, that's down what seventeen million from mm-hmm. last year. Seventeen point three million. Yeah, so it's a uh, you know there was going to be this anyway but it's just going to be a little bit more uh than than what what is expected and i think i think players and agents and teams all know the story on on contracts now you have to call them four or five year deals in order to spread out the signing bonus and then after two or three years these decisions are going to come up and you're either going to have to restructure or they're going to let you go to see what you can get on the free agent market some of them may end up coming back to their teams but, you know, it's it's just it's the way of the business right now. And, uh, you know, hopefully these guys will find jobs soon. Yeah, no question. But it's going to be at so much less money uh, because yeah. there's just not going to be enough money available. And what I there, there's so many trends that you pick up on uh, right now. And again, the 10 plus million dollar players are getting whacked like crazy. But also what's interesting is what's happening to certain Uh, positions like for example how about the guard market now in free agency the best two guys were brandon scherf and joe thuney scherf gets the franchise tag from the washington football team you know thuney i think probably will go to a place like cincinnati but after that like matt feeler is like one of the free agent next best free agent he's going to struggle to get seven and then you look around and you see that who's being chopped who could be cut we've already seen gabe jackson at guard 
cut or being yeah. told he's going to be cut. Uh, Senio Clemente. Uh, <clears throat> you got Kevin Zeitler being shopped. Trey Turner being shopped. These are ten plus million dollar guys. <clears throat> Andrew Norwell being shopped. I mean, it's incredible to see what's going to the guard market because you know you're going to have more starting guards available than because uh, <clears throat> I counted up. There could be about ten or eleven guards who could be cut. Yeah, and and it's going to be like you said, they're going to end up taking less money. And there's also a pretty good draft class coming in. There's going to be five, six, seven, eight guys that are going to step in and play right away. So that is also you know part of the equation for teams. Other than some teams really, um, you know, not valuing the guard position as much as the tackles or centers for obvious reasons. But uh, with the young group coming in, uh, you're really going to you know, when you add that to the cap strap thing, and, and you're right that that's a that's a position that's um, these guys are going to lose some money. Well, here's also going to be the interesting part. I mean, you bring up the the short term deals, uh, you know, and we watched it on Tuesday when uh, Levante David took a because you know he's he's a good enough linebacker that he should have gotten in a normal year more than fifteen million dollars. He took a two year right. deal at uh, twenty five, twelve point five million a year, just so even though he'll be thirty three at the time, he can maybe try to get another bite at the apple uh, when he's thirty three in two thousand and twenty three. But I think what you're going to see because I only counted up last year. There were 10 deals that were four or five years, and Cal Van Oy's already been cut by Miami, mm-hmm. so that takes one away. There was 32 deals that were three years, 32 deals that were two years. <laughs> and now with the way the cap's going to be, because I think the cap is still going to be tight next year, because if it's true that uh, the cap would have been without the floor, $155 million, they borrowed more than uh, almost, or close, what, $27 million from uh, future mm. caps. Mm-hmm. And so this is going to be tight for two years. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And uh, that was, I, that was an interesting deal when David, you know, resigned for two years. And frankly, um, you know, with the Tom Brady window with the Buccaneers probably being two years, it's not a shock that maybe David wanted to line up with that. Um, and is willing to take that, and he, and you know, he and his agent see the see what's coming down the pike too, in terms of maybe in two years we'll be back, you know, towards that two hundred million dollar mark again. Um, and and we when we talked on Saturday, we we talked a little bit about this that a lot of guys, uh, you know, maybe take a one year deal instead of a longer year deal because then you're not locked in um, as much when you wait for the cap to get back to where it was before. So. You know, like you said, I, I didn't realize there was that few of four- and five-year deals. Uh, but you're right, there's probably going to be less. Unless you're talking, it'll be interesting to see if guys get extensions. Um, you know, you know, as, as you know, teams prefer to keep their guys in-house if they like them. So they'd much rather sign a guy that they have and they know than a guy from another team to see if he'll fit in, the, in their culture and in their scheme. So maybe some guys that they want to stick around get extended for four years, but but um, you know, maybe not. Maybe not guys. You know, from other teams. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, but yeah, it's just going to be such a strange market because there's going to be shorter term deals. You know, the guys are going to be disappointed as far as what offers are going to be made, and then you're going to have teams that simply can't even get involved in free agency. Like, like you know, like it's going to be interesting because one of the the, uh, the I think the only guy who's going to get twenty million dollars a year is going to be Trent Williams, and he'll probably get it from San Francisco because if not, then yeah. you have the Chargers and the Colts in there trying to get him because they probably want to upgrade their left 
left tackle position, but I would have to think the only guy, because last year you had three quarterbacks uh, get uh, $25 million. Uh, Tom Brady got the $25 million, Phillip Rivers and Drew Brees resigning, and you had Teddy Bridgewater at 21. But th- and there's no quarterbacks now that Dak Prescott has signed that's going to merit that type yeah. of a deal. Right. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's even, again, I'm, I'm looking mostly at the draft class, right, during yeah. all year. And, and you think about the money that used to go to rookies. Um, and could you imagine if that rookie pay structure hadn't changed significantly as did 2011, 2012? Um, so, you know, you're talking about Trevor Lawrence as the number, the presumed number one pick getting like 35, you know, million dollars, 20 something, um, guaranteed. Sam Bradford got 50 million guaranteed and 70, you know, 78 million on a six year deal as the number one pick in 2010. I mean, if you were, paying these guys then these you know it would even be worse um for these veterans for these veterans now so um <laughs> there's, there's some good there's some reasons for people to be you know happy to to and uh and, and even in this weird situation well that's another ball that we got to see how it drops here in the next 24 hours because uh you know the uh numbers that go to rookies as drafted players mm-hmm. is based on the cap. And if the cap now is down to 182.5, how much less right. is a Trevor Lawrence going to get and the top quarterbacks in this draft uh, compared to last year? Right. And I wonder if agents are going to, um, you know, want additional incentives uh, or think, you know, or really pumping up year three in these deals, year four in these deals, because they know what the cap situation is going to be. And they know that, uh, you know, their guy is, is going to fall short here in the first year. And like you said, maybe the first two years. But uh, it'll be interesting So what kind of incentives they put in contracts and, and what kind of – there's going to be holdouts too. I mean, not of just of rookies, but of veterans potentially as well. If they sign a deal this year and in a year or in two years, you know, deals skyrocket. And guys are going to be – you know, hey, I'm getting ten million dollars a year, but this other guy is getting now he's getting sixteen, and he's not the player that I am. So uh, there's there could be some interesting holdouts here over the next couple of years as well. No doubt. Let's uh, let's get into the draft right now because uh, how good is this quarterback class in the first round? Well, I think it's really good. Uh, I think you know it's one of the better classes, you know, five deep um, that we've seen in a while, and and I think all five could definitely go in the in the first round, the first half of the first round. Um, I think Lawrence, you know, is a legitimate guy. I think he's going to look a lot like Justin Herbert did with the Chargers if he's got good surrounding cast around him. Um, Zach Wilson, you know, in September, anybody that followed college football or, you know, or looked in the draft knew, well, this guy's going to go really high because he can do a little bit of everything. Um, Trey Lance is, is, you know, a guy that's um, a mold of clay, Yet he, he's got things to learn, but he's got so many skills, and and, uh, and so he's going to be exciting to watch. Justin Fields, uh, you know, he can't do much more than what that guy did. Um, you know, Georgia probably wishes they would have kept on to him or kept kept him um, instead of letting him go. But um, you know, Ohio State benefited from having you know his toughness and, and athleticism. And then Mac Jones from Alabama, um, from the pocket, he's excellent. Mobility, not great. But I think teams understand that in the right situation, he can be a very good, um, you know, starting quarterback in the league. So 
it's going to be really interesting to see how those five guys um, play out over time. Can four these quarterbacks go in the top eight picks? Yes, uh, I think it's I think it's likely. Um, unless there's something about a Trey Lance that I'm not aware of uh, in terms of his ability to, you know, like he's not ready to to be that guy within a couple of years. But I I haven't heard anything like that. Um, so I don't see him falling down like Jordan Love did last year, for example. Uh, I think he's going to be picked pretty high, and Fields and Wilson and Lawrence are all deserving of it. Now, what positions are considered to be weak in this draft? Well, uh, defensive tackle is not strong, at least at the top. I mean, you're going to have a lot of guys in that round two, three, four area that turn out to be pretty good, but there's really not. You know, Christian Barmore from Atlanta, from Alabama, has a has some potential to be really good. Davion Nixon from Iowa could be a really, really solid late first round pick. Um, you know, for for a team like Green Bay or some or you know, Kansas City, somebody that needs a little help on the defensive line, uh, he could go in the first round. Lee McNeil from from North Carolina State is basically like, um, you know, a Kenny Clark or um, you know, a, a kind of a stout, smaller stout guy that that can really. Malcolm Brown is, is a good comparison for him. So there's going to be some guys in the late first round and then some depth, but you don't have that one guy at the top that. That really stands out. Um, a lot of the other positions, to be honest, are you know fairly average this year. There, there's not like a ton of standout positions. Offensive tackle is, is a really good position, but there's not there's not a lot of super, like really down positions. But there's just a couple that are sort of average. Safety, defensive tackle um, are a couple of areas. There may not be any safeties taken in the first round this year. There may be one, but um, again the depth is there in two, three, and four. And that's a position that teams typically um, are happy to pick up their starting safety in those, in those rounds anyway. And is this the second year in a row, then you look at the edge rushers and you say, I don't know if there's anything great there. I mean, there'll be first rounders that'll go, but it's like, it's going to be so few that I think are going to be in the top 15. Well, I think so, but, but I'm a little higher on these guys. I think than some people, I think, like you said, there might not be, Look, when you have five quarterbacks potentially going in the top 15 picks, that's going to push down some of these other guys. And and I think like a Greg Rousseau from Miami, he didn't play this year. If Greg Rousseau played for Miami this year, he potentially could be in the top 10 discussion. Um, Jalen Phillips from Miami, another excellent player. Um, could he pay from Michigan? He's going to be a really good player. You can go in the middle of the first round. Carlos Basham, Ronnie Perkins. I mean, there are guys that in other years um, could end up would end up going higher than they might this year because of the quarterbacks that are available, because of the offensive tackles that are available. I mean, look, we, we both saw Bruce Irvin get picked in the you know top part of the first round, right? Mm-hmm. These guys are more these guys are more talented than that and, and than Bruce. So, I mean, just as a general statement, so you know, I, I think there's talent there, and in rounds two, three, four, again. There's guys that we we haven't talked of and people haven't heard of, but they're going to end up being pretty good edge rushers. It's going to be hard to come close to the wide receiver class of last year where there you know, could have been as many as 25 players at wide receiver who had uh, grades uh, third round or better. Uh, how good is this class of wide receivers? It's really good. Again, it's a deep class. Uh, I think you're going to have a similar situation to last year where you're going to have the guy, you know, the three guys at the top, and you're going to have another tier of 
you know, three guys after that that could all go in the first round. And then you're going to have these second and third and fourth guys in the fourth round are, are going to contribute. You're going to have, you know, Gabriel Davis for the bills is now going to have to step up with John Brown being released. And he showed that he did that at the end of the year, he showed what he could do. So you're going to see guys in the fourth round, they're going to contribute as rookies at that position. And I think this, this year will, will uh, compare favorably um, to last year. And, and it wouldn't shock me, honestly, is if, if, um, you know, Jamar Chase had a better rookie season than Henry Ruggs and, you know, Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle also are, are excellent as rookies. So it could actually have a little more um, success. And then you're going to have a guy like, you know, Justin Jefferson obviously was great uh, for the Vikings this year. Well, Rashad Bateman, who played for the Gophers in Minnesota last year, could be a very similar player to Justin Jefferson. So you're going to see guys, you know, throughout the first, throughout the top 150 picks uh, making contributions. Could two running backs go in the first round or is it going to just be one? Uh, I still think it's going to be one. I think you're going to have Najee Harris, and and people are starting to talk about um, Javante Williams from North Carolina, along with Travis Etienne. I suspect those guys will go like right away at the beginning of the second round. Um, there are teams, you know, like the Jets um, and and others and other teams that really need running backs at the at the top of the second round. Um, so I think all right, the Falcons, for example, would be a good one at the top of the second round. So, um, or in, in even Miami, if they don't take Harris in the first round. So I would suspect they'd be gone off the board by the first, like top 36 picks. Hmm, interesting. Uh, so again, I, I, I know I, uh, do uh, one round mock drafts and maybe one, two rounds, but how do you get the energy and the success in being able to do four rounds? Yeah. Well, it's just a puzzle. Is really all it is, John. I mean, I've been doing these for 20 years now, and um, you know, the seven rounders get to be a lot, and, and I spend a lot of time on these things. Um, and you know, you know that basically what I how I describe them is it's a puzzle. Somebody gives you a puzzle, but the box is blank, and you have no idea what the puzzle looks like, and you just have all these pieces, and you. Just try to, okay, well, here's some of the obvious ones, so I'll do the outside of the puzzle first. And then, you know, you don't have no idea what it's going to look like when you're done, but you just try to do the best you can. And it's just a, it's just a puzzle, um, and, and it's fun to think of things. And, I, you know, there's no way you can be, quote, right about these things this far in advance. But, you know, you're just thinking about fun things that could happen and different possibilities, uh, projecting trades and, and thinking about how guys fit in certain systems and, and things like that. So, you know, it's just a fun exercise. And, and um, you know, as, as weird as it is and, and how uh, painstaking it is, sometimes uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to do it for a living. Yeah. And of course, to, to kind of wrap it up, it's like we, I think we both realize that when we talk, particularly at the bottom of the first round, that after about 20 picks, maybe a little bit more this year, these guys technically have second round grades. And if that's going to be yeah. the case, there's more of a, a position by the teams to either trade down or to come back and just take by need as opposed to rating uh, as far as that goes. And that kind of throws everything off because, you know, you can go well for like the top 15, 16, maybe 20. And then after that, it's all over the place. Yeah. And, and you know, teams look at things that way. And I've sure I've talked a lot with teams over the years about how, you know, when we, when fans kind of look at things, it's more like, okay, who's a first round pick? Who's a second round pick? Who's a third round pick. But in reality, you're really talking about tiers of talent. You've got, 
you know, maybe 10 guys that are really the best. Then you've got another 10 to 15 guys that are the next tier. And then another 25 guys that are the next tier that have similar value, but are just a little different, um, you know, and, and, you know, teams have not just their needs, but their scheme may have them pick one guy over another guy, even though they're very similar talent. So, so as you go along the draft, you know, that's really how thing, you need to look at things um, and, and turn instead of, instead of round by round when you're thinking about a guy's value. Um, so yeah, you're right. That's when you hit those spots, and that's what it makes interesting, too. In that 20s area, you get a lot of trades because one team is like, well, all of our first-rounders are gone. Now we can move down and get one of our second-round guys. And then another team's like, oh, no, we've got that last guy who's, who's our first-round grade. Um, we need to get him. And then we're willing to give up a fourth-round pick to move up a few spots to go get him. So that's what, that's what makes it interesting kind of at those, where those tiers break up. Um, whether it's at 20 or 40 or, you know, the end of the third round, et cetera. It's, it's really, that makes it really interesting parts of the draft. Yeah. So how, uh, get everybody up to date on uh, where you can find all of your stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, my, my four round map drafts currently on NFL.com. I'll have another one coming out in a couple of weeks and between, you know, when free agency is over and we get around to the draft, I'm sure they'll I'll be writing some other stuff that um, will all be on the front page of NFL.com over the next couple of months. Chad Reuter, thank you so much for joining us on Schooled with the Professor. Thanks, John. Really appreciate it. And that does it for this week's podcast. In between episodes, you can follow me on Twitter at Clayton ESPN. If you enjoy these weekly one-on-one conversations, consider leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the show. Thanks for listening. See you next time on Schooled with the Professor.